0: Well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Ninety-nine
1: Remember when you would get an F on your paper in school? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if that happened to you, but what color was the F? The F was generally red. Yeah. And then sometimes we'd get like an essay back and there's all kinds of markups and comments and that was always in red too. I hated when they used that big ass red pencil. Yeah. Look look almost
2: like blood stains, like they're writing your criticisms in blood.
1: I think that always contributed to red being evil. Yeah, it is. It's the most evil color for sure. It's supposed to be a sign of anger, but also power and love. So it could be good or bad. It covers its bases, that color. (laughs) It does. But interestingly, red is one of the first colors that a baby sees. What do you mean? Yeah, one of the first colors that a
2: baby can see is red. So we're not just born with the ability to process
1: color? It slowly comes to us? Yeah, I think uh, red comes before the others in most cases. Really? Yeah, from what I've read.
2: Wow, that's interesting. So like we're born and
1: the world just looks like a big pile of blood. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we've done a green show. Why don't we do a red show? On the Purple Stuff podcast.
2: Yeah, we did the, the show all about green things, which ended up being better than I think either of us thought it would be.
1: Yeah, it was fun to go through the uh, color green.
2: Yeah, but will it be as fun to go through the color
1: red? I think after we announce some of our entries, people will kind of get with it. But I had a few that I want to throw out here just to kind of get the juices flowing. Mm-hmm. One thing that came to my mind when I think of red, Darth Vader's lightsaber.
2: Yes, definitely a classic red thing that also translated to being the best flavor ice pop because it looked like Vader's saber. (laughs) It did. And then Pee-wee's bike. Pee-wee's bike in that movie was actually on my maybe list for a real entry because, Yeah. yeah, that was a big part of our
1: childhoods and a big red thing. Totally. Another one that I was thinking of, one of my favorite characters, the Flash.
2: Uh the flash yeah i love the flash i am constantly reading flash books and watching the old tv series i have no idea anything about the flash yeah yeah i don't
1: know
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 no. but it's, yeah it's cool it runs fast good guy
1: yeah all right how about you any hmm. come to your mind
2: uh i guess the big one that i'm not gonna get into later is kane
1: Yeah, The Big Red Machine. The Big Red
2: Machine. I think we've kind of like touched on him a few times before. So I'm like, "Ah, I guess we can't go back to that well. But by all rights, Kane should be included on a red show. Definitely. Other than that, God, I don't know. My iPhone case is red. It is.
1: It is, yeah. You're you're a big red guy. Yeah, totally. (laughs) All right, so we're going to get into it. I'll go first since you went first last time. That sounds good.
0: Number one. The Shining, a masterpiece of modern horror, directed by Stanley Kubrick, starring Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall, rated R, opens Friday, June 13th. Check newspapers for local listings.
1: Now, you've seen The Shining, right? Of course. Red rum! Red rum! <laughs> so, in The Shining, there is a scene where you see the elevators of the Overlook Hotel, and then randomly, out of nowhere, a giant pool of blood begins to rush out of the doors of the elevators.
2: Yeah, it's uh, probably the most iconic shot from the entire film, and that film has a lot of iconic shots.
1: I was going to say that there's so many interesting little snippets and unnerving imagery in that movie, but this one is very iconic. But traditionally, you probably wouldn't think colored water is that horrifying, but the way it was done in this movie, even to me, 39 years later, I still get creeped out by that.
2: Yeah, you're right. It is colored water. Like, to me, it looks pretty plainly like Cherry Kool Aid. It does. But it <laughs> still works.
1: Yeah, it does. It's the stuff of nightmares. But in the original teaser trailer of the film, it's a total minimalist teaser trailer. Like, people complain nowadays that movie trailers are like giving away too much this is like the complete opposite it was just the elevators and then the blood starts rushing through there's nothing else in it it's just like some credits that roll up and that's it (laughs) it's effective
2: as the shot is in the actual movie i think it's even more effective in that trailer yeah because you have no context whatsoever and you're just watching this insane thing happen in a bubble
1: yeah and the background music is so creepy Uh, That's probably one of the best teasers ever. It is. And there's like a ton of theories when it comes to The Shining. And there's all kinds of symbolism that goes along with the movie. But in this scene in particular, with the elevators, they've been associated with like heaven and hell where like the elevator will go up and down and then death and bleeding and darkness. And there's all kinds of symbolism that people have associated with that. But you had mentioned cherry kool-aid and there's of course memes out there where the kool-aid man is running through the river of blood in that scene and he's like oh yeah <laughs> which i think is awesome because i would love to get this halloween season kool-aid red rum flavor oh oh man that would be so great oh yeah
0: good man you set him up and i'll knock him back lloyd one by one Number 2 He-Man meet Clawful with his awesome group of evil
1: Fisto, battle armor He-Man, Clawful and battle armor Skeletor each sold separately
0: You asked for Clawful, meet Fisto with his super smash power We'll see who smashes who May the mightiest power prevail Pisto and Clawful, figures new from the Masters of the Universe collection, each sold separately. Other action figures also sold separately. From Mattel. My first pick
2: is Clawful, one of Skeletor's henchmen in the classic Masters of the Universe cartoon and toy line. (laughs) I knew this was going on the list. He was basically a half man, and then he was like a half crab slash lobster?
1: Was that it? It was like it was both, right? When it came to the action figure, he was definitely like half-man, half-lobster crab. But right, right. I think in the cartoon, he looks much different.
2: Right, let's start with the action figure you brought him up. Uh, that's one of my favorites from the entire He-Man collection. Mm-hmm. As a kid, it was also my white whale. I could never find him in stores. Really? Yeah, wow. I don't know if he was like secretly popular or short-packed, whatever, but I could never find him. Hmm. Yeah, I remember having him. Got him as an adult, and he's one of my favorites for sure. He kind of looked like an 80s pro wrestler who, like, adopted a lobster persona. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he's, like, just, just basically, like, an oily, muscular dude who just is dressed like a lobster.
1: If you take away the lobster gimmick, that describes almost all the entire He-Man line.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's true, you're right.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, boy. But on the cartoon, like you said, totally different character. Yeah. He's literally a crustacean on the cartoon. Like, there's no mistaking him for a human. Right. Red from head to toe, just this badass monster. And I know, like, most of Skeletor's henchmen were kind of bumbling buffoons.
1: Right. But Clawful, ah, uh, Clawful was actually given a pretty big push on the show. Yeah, he was one of the henchmen that was maybe a couple of rungs higher than the rest of them. And he had more respect yeah. from Skeletor.
2: Skeletor even called him his right-hand man at one point. Yeah. Did you hear Clawful talk in any of the clips? Like, he has a really cool echoey voice. Well, he
1: sounds like he's talking into a snake mountain.
2: Exactly! <laughs> yes, it's like Skeletor <laughs> is using that snake mountain microphone. You
0: cowardly of tin! Now blow it unless you want me to use my claw as a
1: That was actually Lou Scheimer's voice, I believe. Oh, there, that explains That's, it then. I'm going to yeah.
2: voice this crab, give him all the best
1: lines. He definitely had a big push, and I think they had really high hopes for him. But to me, it's a huge disconnect when you put out a toy, an action figure, that doesn't look anything like remotely like the character. And it was so confusing back then. It was one kid. of
2: the rare times that, in the old He-Man line, that happened. Mm -hmm. Because most of them, you could kind of see the connection. With this one, they really are. It's like you have two different clawfuls.
1: Yeah, there was a couple of times it happened. But yeah, this is one of the notorious ones. And the uh, cartoon version, to me, looked so much cooler. No doubt. Much
2: more monstrous and slick. Yeah. The toy version is almost kind of like cutesy in a way. Like you could almost as easily see him being a hero. That's true. Yeah, yeah. while well, in the show he looks just basically like this lizard devil.
1: So, let me ask you, he does look like that. Let me ask you this. So, his name, Clawful, that means full of claws, right? Mhm. But he only has two claws. So, like to me, full of claws is like an overstatement.
2: So, you're thinking the name Clawful indicates like a clawful like a drawful.
1: Yeah, yeah, drawful of claws.
2: Yeah. See, I'm taking it as it's a play on the word awful. It comes from an old Eternian word meaning full of claws. Is that what it is? So it's it, Clawful is Eternian for full of claws.
1: Yes. I'll and, uh, with you. It, why don't we just call him Two Claws? Like two. they had Two Bad. I don't think I'd like him as much if he was called Two Claws. <laughs> That's his rap name. <laughs> it's Two <laughs> Two Claws. <laughs> I just think it's kind of deceiving to a kid who is hoping for various multiple claws. Like I, I just, of...
2: I'm getting the impression tonight that you just have some like deep seated childhoods <laughs> thing going on with Clawful that is just making you lash out here tonight. <laughs> there must be some buried memory of some bad thing relating no, to Clawful.
1: No, I mean, I didn't really think of Clawful too much until tonight. (laughs) (laughs) It just wasn't on the brain, huh?
0: Yeah. Let's go. We've got the horn back. All we have to do is blow it, and Eternia will be ours. Number three. I should like to have you meet a little friend of mine, name of Gossamer. Gossamer? Me? Yeah, 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 where, where, where? Just follow the signs to Gossamer's boudoir. Gossamer, what a name. Must be one of those space princes you see in sci-fi magazines. Gossamer, Gossamer, baby. It's the Dodgers, sweetheart, of the 24th and a half century, Pudgeons. Don't be shy. Gossamer?
1: Okay, my next pick, Matt, is a big, sometimes red, sometimes orange monster from Looney Tunes, and his name is Gossamer.
2: Gossamer! Yeah, I mean, I definitely think red more than orange. I know he's appeared both ways, but...
1: Whatever, I think everyone knows him kind of as a big red monster. Yeah, and even if they
2: don't, we could just copy and paste this section when we do the orange show later. (laughs) (laughs) Save ourselves ten minutes of recording time. (laughs)
1: So, this is the big red monster who got his hair did by Bugs Bunny Mm -hmm. back in the day. (laughs) You know when you're a kid and somebody's asking you, like, oh, do you have a favorite cartoon character? Most kids, when they're, like, that young, would say Bugs Bunny or Mickey Mouse or whatever. I would always say this monster, but no one knew who I was talking about. I'd have to say, well, you know that big red monster with the sneakers? Yeah, (laughs) well,
2: you had to do some, some heavy research to find that name, so... Most people just knew him as that fuzzy thing with the sneakers.
1: He wasn't always known by that name because he was originally called Rudolph, and they also called him Monster. And and there was They time... called this guy Rudolph? Yeah, oh, originally. And then they just referred to him as the tennis shoe monster. And then finally, around nineteen eighty, Marvin the Martian named him Gossamer.
2: Oh God. You know, I was gonna say Daffy is my favorite Looney Tunes character, but then it goes to Marvin the Martian and then Gossamer.
1: I'm a huge fan of both of those characters. I would say probably he's gained popularity over the years just because he's kind of that uh, background character. And he shows up in cameos in a lot of these cartoons, a lot of the Looney Tunes stuff. Mm -hmm. He's even starred recently in a DC comic with Harley Quinn.
2: What? What the fuck are you talking about? DC comic with Harley Quinn. What is he doing in there?
1: It's like a team up thing. Oh, wow. So, anyway, do you remember in The Daily Show, at the end of the show, they used to do this thing called your moment of zen? Okay. <laughs> You're like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> they used to have your moment of zen at the end of the show. And my moment of zen is seeing Baby Gossamer from Baby Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of q a little bit. Maybe, like, cuter than q Yeah, there's <laughs> a little bit of q to Baby Gossamer. I'll just look at baby Gossamer and all is well with the world.
2: Yeah, that is a cute little monster. You know, and even in the real Gossamer in the earlier shorts, even though he's, like, kind of a
1: bad guy, he's yeah. still,
2: like, you still root for him.
1: Yeah, I think he's unknowingly bad. Like, he's not trying to be bad. He's well, it's just... like,
2: what else? What other options does he have?
1: He can't talk. He's just big, fuzzy thing. Yeah, kind of awkward. Maybe yeah. a little bit clumsy.
2: <laughs> he's probably just trying to, like, make friends. He just doesn't know the right way to do it yeah not a good communicator no i can relate
0: <laughs> my stars where did you ever get that awful hairdo it doesn't become you at all yeah, gonna say let me fix it up look how stringy and messy it is what a shame such an interesting monster too number four Welcome, Jan Skywalker. I have been expecting you. You no longer need those.
2: Guards, leave us. Okay, Jay, it's time for the Star Wars portion of the show. Oh, I always welcome the Star Wars portion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and me do, and everyone else is hitting that forward 15 seconds button until we're done. <laughs> let us speak about the emperor's royal guard yes these were the red guys first seen in return of the jedi i love that we could
1: just say the red guys and everybody knows who we're talking about Of course, like i mean
2: yeah there are if you said red guys in general that's where your mind goes totally yeah so they were there to protect the evil emperor from any would-be assailants but i think they were really just there to make the rooms a little bit prettier
1: Right, because you're usually in, like, a dark, dim kind of headquarters for the Emperor. Exactly. Slate grays and
2: stark whites, and it was good to get some bold color in the mix. That was the whole reason for them, because it's not like the Emperor needed guards.
1: Yeah, it was more about the Emperor hiring an interior designer and saying, we need a little splash of red (laughs) over here.
2: (laughs) He was just being theatrical. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So these guards, if someone has not seen them, they're draped in these, like, giant red, robes they look basically like valentine's day blankets just (laughs) draped all around them they have these helmets that look more like robots than human
1: helmets they definitely looked yeah like something out of like battlestar galactica
2: yeah yeah totally and they carried what are those things called pikes yeah, like force, force. Oh yeah, they're pikes the force pikes. Like yeah. So it's like it's funny because in the comics they redraw them so you kind of understand how they work, but you're hmm. watching the movie you're like, how the fuck can these guys even walk, let alone fight?
1: <laughs> I know you. You come to find out that these guys are like master fighters and they're great at everything. Yeah, yeah, they're they're
2: they're like athletic warriors who dart across the room. Like, what do you mean? How do they dart across the room? They're wearing like 15 blankets. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and like a helmet that's like 65 pounds.
2: Exactly. They're under 60 pounds of felt and then another 65-pound helmet. (laughs) But for me, like, you know how people treat Boba Fett as this silent, badass Mm anti-hero? That's me and the Royal Guards. Like, they are still, to this day, my favorite Star Wars characters.
1: The first time you saw Jedi, you're like, who are these guys? Like, I know nothing about them but they look badass yeah
2: yeah it's like i can't wait for these guys to play a bigger part in this movie as we roll on and
1: then they don't <laughs> well in a way they do because the elite guards that we see in the last jedi they're inspired by
2: oh yeah those, those the uh, fruit roll-up, roll-up looking mofos yeah <laughs> yeah
1: as you always refer to them yeah as, yeah i actually
2: yeah. was as you know debating between the emperor's royal guards and snoke's guards from last jedi love them both i guess i just have a thing for like faceless red
1: guys i think the royal guard from jedi they're actually more imposing a little bit like kind of creepier than the last jedi snoke's guards because i felt like snoke's guards obviously maybe their gear was a little bit better for combat
2: <laughs> yeah but i mean it was good for combat but that looks like a costume design if you want your guards to kind of dance for you <laughs> yeah. and the emperor's royal guards they you know they're so on top of shit that they can afford to wear these totally cumbersome robes walking blow pops yeah yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> return to a galaxy far far away here we go again return to jabba the hot you will bring captain solo and the wookiee to me return to the death star obi one has taught you well return to the ewoks of endor not bad for a little furball but most of all return for the fun of it return of the jedi rated pg now playing at a selected theater near you. Number five. Come on, let's go. Let's call the ceremony. Do you beetle? <laughs> Nobody says the B-word. Come on. Do you take this woman to be your wedded? I... Oh, jeez, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a big decision, isn't it? I mean, I always said if I ever did it, I was going to do it once, and that was it. Well, uh... Sure, yeah. Go ahead. And you, do you, Lydia, take this man... No! Beat you- him! Oh. She's a little bit nervous. Uh, Maybe I should answer for her, okay? I'm Lydia Deetz, and I'm of sound mind. The man next to me is the one I want. You ask me, I'm answering. Yes, I love that man of mine. <laughs>
1: One of my favorite scenes from Beetlejuice is the scene where Lydia is about to marry Beetlejuice and she has the red wedding dress on.
2: Classic scene, classic dress.
1: If someone says wedding dress and I play word association, the first thing that comes to my mind is this. <laughs> of course it is. Her is. Wed- yeah, like I don't think of a traditional wedding dress. I think of Lydia Dietz from Beetlejuice in a red gothic wedding dress. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's,
2: if you ever had a style, it's sort of like the grand ball meets gothic hell. Yeah. <laughs> And also, this dress is like the absolute perfect midpoint between Miss Elizabeth and Queen Cherry.
1: I I, I knew you were going to, yes, totally is. Yeah, Lydia was totally, like, goth, and you expected a black dress. But that just made the red dress even that much more vivid. And it just really puts home that finale scene, which was really pretty thrilling.
2: There is so much going on in that scene.
1: Yeah. And it's all good. Sometimes you'll see a movie and you're really hoping for like a really bombastic finale. Yeah. And this this actually comes through in so many different ways. But what I do like is that Winona Ryder has been pretty vocal all these years later saying that she loved that character. she liked being Lydia so much, she wants to do the sequel. But it's just never happened. And I think with the popularity of her character, like I go to masquerades every year for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always see someone dressed as Lydia, whether it's the red wedding dress or right, even the, the Prince Amadala black outfit. Yeah. Or even the cartoon, uh, how she dressed in the cartoon. Right, mm-hmm. I always see people dressed like Lydia
2: fashion icon.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that that is a testament to her character and stuff. And the other thing is that, I don't know, since you watched it, you rewatched that scene. Yep. Something that is not read, but is so worth mentioning in that scene is the officiant to the wedding. That little dude oh, yeah. comes out of the fireplace. That little toady demon oh, guy. God, I love that guy. You know,
2: he's like not a bad dude at all. He's just, that's his job. He's there to take care of business. And he's trying to keep
1: shit together because things are getting
2: out of hand. We have Beetlejuice turning <laughs> Gina Davis's mouth into zippers and steel plates. We have the Lydia's parents being attacked by furniture. We have <laughs> Gina Davis riding a snake. There's a lot going on.
1: No, it wasn't furniture. It was her sculptures.
2: <laughs> oh, that's right. Her sculptures. Yes. Yeah. yes.
1: <laughs> I think uh, we should get Billy Idol to remake white wedding and turn it to red wedding oh yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) then by fetal (coughs) juice fetal juice number six at red lobster's lobster fest you have a few weeks to fall in love You'll go insane for lobster from Maine or langostino that you love. Tells that you'll dream of. Twelve special lobster dishes starting at an irresistible seven ninety-five. Lobster Mornay 2 It's gonna thrill you. About to make your heart throb. Now at Red Lobster's Lobster Fest. Come on in and fall in love.
2: My next pick is Red Lobster. okay (laughs) the the global chain of seafood restaurants that started way back in 1968 you have
1: always had a thing for this place i know this
2: yeah i know it's kind of a weird pick but i'm going with it specifically because of what red lobster meant to me back in the 80s when i was a little kid Mm -hmm. to me i go there with my parents and it felt like the biggest night out ever that
1: place was total like five star restaurant My family, we didn't go there too often, but on a Friday night we'd go out, it would be like a huge deal. I know what you mean. Yeah, we didn't
2: have any Red Lobsters by me, so we actually had to drive to one over in Jersey. And you know which one I'm talking about, because it's still there.
1: Yeah, that was the one I used to go. Oh, that's
2: great, yeah. So yeah, you know what it was like to go in there. Just that obscene mess of nautical decor and like dim lighting and the fucking lobster tank.
1: It's like I said before,
2: uh, word
1: association. Yeah. The first thing I think of isn't the lobsters or the food. It's nets. There was always nets like yeah. hanging everywhere, you know. And yeah. Draped it's like the whenever things. they had a spare
2: fucking like three foot of space,
1: yeah, put a net there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> God, it just felt like such a big deal every time we went there, and I don't even know why I was so into it because I hated seafood.
1: Yeah, I couldn't stand seafood either.
2: Yeah, and from what I remember, like, if you ordered a burger or something from there, it was, like, the worst one imaginable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was really just about the decor and also the fact that they gave you those placemats in those little packs of crayons. Yeah, I do remember that. Oh, come on, dude. Those were the greatest. Like, you might not find much on the menu if you're a six-year-old boy and you hate fish, <laughs> but you get to color in a lobster at dinner.
1: That's actually, like, the number one thing you want to spend your night doing. Like, that is a perfect night for you.
2: Yeah, I have to be honest. Like, there have been many times where I wanted to bring up to you guys, let's go to Red Lobster. But I just feel like you would hate it so much. <laughs> I'm like, I, I guess I'm just going to have to keep this one for me. Because <laughs> I could just picture you. Like, even standing near a Red Lobster, I think, it would be tough for you. But to actually be inside and to endure a complete dinner... You have no poker face when it comes to that kind of stuff.
1: <laughs> Although, I mean, who doesn't love the biscuits, right?
2: The Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Oh my God. Yeah, I think the, in the, the grand fucking competition
1: between biscuits of the world, these even top the Roy Rogers Biscuits. Oh, these are the best. But the key here that I probably didn't realize is that they didn't become standard uh, until 1988. Is that true? Yeah, it feels like they were around forever, like they were always part of it.
2: Yeah, but... well, I mean, they'll they'll never not be a part of it now, because it's basically why people still go there.
1: Yeah, and you could get them and make them at home now, too.
2: Uh, yeah, but it's not the same if you're not sitting at the table. I know you're trying to weasel out of actually having to go to Red Lobster, but it is happening. <laughs> That's the whole point of me bringing it up tonight, is to start to plant the seed of our big night out at Red Lobster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if it's been while well since you've eaten crab legs, let Red Lobster remind you how. Uh-huh, right in the middle. That's right. It pays to dig deep. Oh, dip that sweet, delicate meat into rich, melted butter. Ah, there you go. Now, if you'd like more practice, we know where you can get plenty. Red Lobster's serving them tonight. Lots of them. Red Lobster for the sea. Number seven. Ancient spirits of evil transform this decay from to Mumra The ever Living.
1: <laughs> to me, the most formidable villain of any 80s cartoon is
0: Mumra the ever. <laughs> I'm
1: so glad you're bringing Mumra up. So he was this badass demon priest who lives in a black pyramid and he fights the Thundercats.
2: Of all of like the 80s cartoons, super scary villains, I think this is the one that really is the super scariest.
1: When I was a little kid, the whole transformation process that he went through, he went from being this frail mummy... He was scary as it was, but when he turned into the real powerful giant Mumbra, you know, he was just scary as hell. And that whole transformation process was really creepy.
2: Yeah, and they have that music that goes over it. That, da, da, da,
1: da, da, da. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think the presence of a threat that was actually evil and scary, like he was, was what really made that cartoon because. The only way I can compare it, and this will be the second Star Wars reference of the show, is you remember when Luke went into the cave on Dagobah and he ran into Vader? Yeah. That moment used to scare the shit out of me because it felt like you were in Luke's shoes and you were encountering, like, pure evil. Right, right. And that's kind of how Mumra made me feel, even though he was only a cartoon
2: yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. I mean, compared to all the other ones, he was like the only one who took his job seriously. Yeah, it's like you know, I might not win, I might lose every
1: fucking episode, but I'm gonna play it like I'm in it to win it. <laughs> yeah. So he's this little old mummy man with his ravishing red robe, and then he's like, cut the music, ancient spirits of evil. <laughs> keep the noise down while I take my robe <laughs> off and show the ladies what a real sexy mummy <laughs> looks like. Oh, <laughs> uh,
2: boy. <laughs> was not expecting the Rick Rude promo.
1: <laughs> yeah, do you remember Mumro's action figure? I always felt like the action figure was like 11 pounds compared to all the other ones.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was like a huge, huge action figure by the era's standards and even more by today's standards. It was like... God, it felt almost, it was like a baseball bat. It was, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's exactly, what, it was a baseball bat. It was you just like a totally baseball get, bat. It was like one of those big ass wiffle ball bats from like play school or whatever. Like they were like 50 times the size of a regular bat. Yeah, please. Play school repurposed the mold from LJN <laughs> to make those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i guess what i was getting at though is that mumra pretty much made skeletor seem like a total buffoon oh absolutely i mean i love skeletor don't get me wrong but yeah you compare
2: compare the cartoon versions of both it's like you're right mumra carried that series because even uh like some
1: filler episode there was still danger in the air yeah and he had so many different powers and abilities. There's a list, like two paragraphs long, if you go to his wiki, and you could read all the stuff he could do. Uh, One of the cool things that he could do is he could deceive the Thundercats by basically changing form. And in one of the episodes, he changed form to Lino, but with a red outfit. So it's it's appropriate for our red show, because he became evil Lino and he wore a red outfit instead of a blue one.
2: Wow, wow. I'm surprised. Why did he tip his hat? He just went all out and done the original costume, but I appreciate it all the same. It was basically
1: like Undertaker versus Undertaker, but just with a different costume. Right, totally. Could you imagine if they did Undertaker versus Red Undertaker? Oh my god, Red Undertaker! Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. <sighs> i don't know now we're on to something we red
2: see- undertaker mm-hmm. i mean i guess kane is essentially red undertaker but yeah
1: essentially yeah
2: so it seems to me that you prefer the hulked up version of mumra
1: well i like both but yeah i mean who doesn't love giant mumra i yeah. mean he's just so imposing
2: yeah I'm with you so this is the guy who um if i'm remembering things right like you defeat him by showing him his reflection right
1: <laughs> yeah that it didn't last that long in the show. I think they kind of got away from that eventually. Oh, but yeah, that was a pretty easy way to <laughs> yeah, you, can, you
2: could totally like telegraph the ending of every episode for a while there. <laughs> yeah. like He could yeah. like, totally be winning in every which way. But if you hold
1: up a dinner plate, it's over. Yeah. It's like, hey, I have this little makeup mirror. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, you're right. Because stuff like that would happen. I remember an episode where he just caught like the
1: faintest glimpse of himself in the sword's reflection. And then yeah. he's just, like, everything's over. Which is weird. I mean, he wasn't a bad-looking dude, you know? No. I he mean, was a... he, was, he was no Robert Redford. Oh, <laughs> oh. Jay, that's my next pick. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Number eight. Starburst Fruit Chews, a burst of refreshing fruit flavor for you. Tastes like mouth-watering orange, strawberry too, luscious lemon. And now, attempting new flavor, tasty tangy cherry. There's a burst of refreshing fruit flavor for you in Starburst Fruit Chews, naturally and artificially flavored.
2: Okay, Jay, I am going to pull a U here. My next pick is actually several picks in one.
1: Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> I'm here to pitch the idea that red candy is the king of all candy.
1: I might have to uh, agree, but I'll listen to your stance first.
2: Uh, I'm glad to hear you say that because sometimes I get into these discussions on social media and I find that like not everybody is a big fan of the red candy. And I'm just like, where did you come from?
1: I feel like there's, what other candy is there?
2: Yeah, I mean, like, well, I mean, it's orange, grape, and lemon. I'm like, you're really going to put orange, grape, and lemon above red?
1: I'm not even going to entertain the fact that there's any other colored candy. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm
2: glad to hear you say this. Finally, we agree. (laughs) So I'm going to throw you my three best examples, rapid fire. Okay. First are cherry red starburst. This is what I was talking about before, that it boggles my mind that some people don't go for those first.
1: Well, I mean, you have to be a starburst fan, which I am not, but I agree that those are the best starburst.: Oh my God, you're
2: not a starburst fan, huh?
1: No, not really. Wow, that's that's just it, it's just it's so like,
2: bizarre to me. It's like chewing wax. <laughs> but I know I enjoy that, so it's nice <laughs> I, to have it in in fruit flavors. <laughs> uh, second for me would be atomic fireballs. I could appreciate that. Yeah, those little red sucking candies basically just tasted like pure cinnamon.
1: Yeah, they were like jawbreakers, but cinnamon, hot cinnamon.
2: Exactly. And it wasn't even so much about the flavor, but back when we were kids, you have to remember this. Like, pretty much every deli and convenience store sold them for a nickel a pop. Mm-hmm. If you had like a $1 on you, you can go out with a bag of candy.
1: Yeah, because they would be, like, individually wrapped in a box. Yes,
2: yes. So I would, like, buy up. I would sometimes drop three bucks on them, and then I would use them to buy everyone's loyalty at school for a few minutes. (laughs) Hey, Steve, you could make fun of my hair and how I walk, or you could have a free atomic fireball. (laughs) And then last but not least is one that I can't believe you had to remind me of. Red Vines. I did remind you, yeah,
1: it's like one of your favorite things.
2: It's like, it's not even just one of them, I think it's practically my favorite thing in the entire world.
1: (laughs) You mentioned the atomic fireballs, but I was a huge fan of Red Hots. Mm -hmm. Do you remember Red Hots? Yeah, they
2: came in that like really kind of like bewilderingly old style box.
1: Yeah. And they were basically like little pellets that tasted like the atomic fireballs because they were like hot cinnamon flavored, right? Yeah. And they were coated in red kind of candy coated shell. When I was a kid, I never really liked cinnamon candy that much. But when we would go to Sizzler, we would go to the ice cream fixin's bar and we would get like soft serve vanilla. And then they would have all kinds of stuff you would put onto the ice cream. And they had the Red Hots that I would put onto the soft serve vanilla ice cream. Oh, that sounds divine. It just went together so well, like that hot cinnamon with the cold vanilla ice cream. I never did that in my life. And I am so upset because it sounds so good. I enjoy that. It's a yeah. good combination that the vanilla with the hot cinnamon red hots. Um, and then the other one, I only really have two that came to my mind like immediately, but do you remember the old school lifesaver roll, the rainbow roll there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the mainstream ones. I used to just love the red. They were just so freaking good. To me anything red was the way to go, but those are a couple of my favorites.
2: So between you and me, that's 5 strong red candies how could anybody deny the point here
1: lifesavers candy is not life delicious number nine so we go from red candies to red gum this is specifically a commercial for big red that aired back in the 80s it was a very very popular commercial do you remember this one man of course there was a whole series of commercials for Big Red Gum that had a song, it was a jingle, but it would get stuck in your head for like weeks. And it went something like this.
0: So kiss a little longer, laugh a little longer, stay close a-
1: So that's one of the greatest commercial jingles of all time, because it just went on for years and years. I think I read that they used it from 1977 to 1998.
2: Yeah, I do. I'm pretty sure like they
1: might still
2: occasionally dust it off even today.
1: Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. It's pretty amazing. But with the series of ads as a young kid, what I gathered from the commercial wasn't necessarily that it was cinnamon gum. It was more just like, if you buy this gum, you'll be able to have success with making out with women. It's
2: absolutely what they were saying, Jay. The yeah. premise of the commercials is basically, hey, your breath is bad. Let's fix that so we can fuck.
1: <laughs> because if you look at these commercials, everyone is kissing each other, and it's all public displays of affection, you know? and PDAs, Yep. Yeah, and it's just like, wow, I guess if I get this gum... We'll kiss a little longer. Hold tight. A little longer. Yeah. Longer with Big Red. <laughs> and and it, everything's going to last longer. And it's going to be a lot fresher with this gum. Oh, my
2: God. The last longer is also sort of a euphemism, isn't it? It is. Jesus Christ. These, uh, these sick
1: foxy over here at Wrigley's. When you're watching the commercial in question, there's someone special who was part of a marching band in this commercial. I don't know if you noticed it. No. Yeah, so there's a guy and he's playing a trombone and he gets out of the marching band and runs over to the girl so they can kiss, obviously, because that's what everyone does. A little longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he has to run back to the marching band because they were kissing too long and the marching band was going to leave without him. Yeah. And that guy was Ralphie from Christmas Story. (laughs) What? Yes.
2: (laughs) So Ralphie from Christmas Story grew up to become the kissing from bonus in the big red commercial yeah (laughs) that that resume is to die for
1: (laughs) yeah so if you ever find yourself camping like the couple in one of the commercials they're camping lightning strikes they get scared and then they get all up on each other just because they're chewing big red
2: i mean it's sort of like it does have some aphrodisiac properties i've chewed big red and it does put me in a mood it does. A little bit. I mean, it's, I guess uh, that cinnamon just gets your uh, juices flowing, you know? <laughs> okay. So out of all the cheap gums from Wrigley's, they all had theme songs in their commercials. Yeah. And I would say that this one is the best of them.
1: Oh, yeah. It's yeah. totally famous. And people, I think, know it even if they didn't realize it was for this gum. They just know that song.
2: Oh, oh yeah. It's, it's burned in everybody's. There isn't a person living who doesn't think of this song at least five times a day?
1: <laughs> it's so good that it's on the level of an 80s sitcom theme.
2: Yes, it does. It does have that sort of theme quality to it. Like, why couldn't they build a show around it?
1: Yeah, just like starring the gum. Oh, we'll
2: do a little uh, stop motion with the gum yeah, sticks. Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm with Actually, you. Actually,
1: I had a question for you, though. I had a question. So I haven't chewed gum in god knows how long like 20 years yep but so do they still sell gum in packs of five sticks well it really has been a long time for you huh yeah like i don't even <laughs> i haven't bought gum in forever
2: yeah they still do wrigley is actually those four gums you know the big red juicy fruit and all those traditionally still 35 cents like they were a quarter when we were kids
1: is it that cheap? Yeah, I remember I saw this commercial that said twenty five cents. Like twenty-five cents. Twenty five cents. You can get anything
0: twenty five
1: Yeah, no, they're I, still cheap. Five sticks of gum for twenty five cents. That's that was great back then. Now if it's still cheap, that's uh probably one of the best buys that you could get nowadays.
2: It's the cheapest thrill you can have. And I'm I feel so <laughs> bad for you for being off the gum train.
1: Well, I just can't do it.
2: Yeah, I know. But jeez Big Rat's a good one.
1: The flavor only lasts like twelve minutes. <laughs> that's that's generous, Jay. Yeah,
2: I mean you've been with me when I'm going through like eighteen packs of gum. <laughs> that's the reason because like they all just run out after thirty seconds. It's a problem mm. gum. That's why they have to keep
1: <laughs> it cheap.
0: longer, Number ten. There is. A balance to the universe. The struggle to maintain that balance is the stuff of legends. <laughs> the new film from the director of Alien. I've found my true mate. You disgust me. Starring Tom Cruise and Tim Curry. Never, never. Legend, rated PG, starts Friday at select theaters. All right, Jay,
2: my last pick is
0: Darkness. Darkness.
2: (laughs) The fucking red goat devil demon played by Tim Curry in the 1985 movie Legend. Yes. You love Darkness. Yeah, I mean, you've brought up Legend before on the show, and I know you've seen the movie a hundred times, right?
1: Yeah, actually, when I was a kid, like it was one of those movies that used to come on like HBO or whatever. And it was one of those times when I'm like, oh, my God, I have to wherever I was, I couldn't move. I had to finish watching the movie. You know, if we were at like a relative's house, my parents knew like they wouldn't rush me out. Like they would let me watch it. I love that of all movies like this is the one that just got you going. (laughs) Legend. Any movie that was like that, that was like semi scary and creepy. I would love it.
2: Yeah, that is sort of your jam. Yeah. So I would say then it's fair to assume that you are a bit of an authority on this film.
1: I mean, I wouldn't call myself an authority, but I mean I've I've seen it a hundred times. Yeah. So we're
2: gonna call you an authority because I kind of screwed up and did not leave myself enough time to watch the whole movie before we recorded. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well it's my own section. I can't believe me. I'm such an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> For me, it was just like more of a case of we're doing a show about red things. How could I not include a goat devil played by Tim Curry?
1: He's got to be in this show.
2: Yeah, there's just no way. What I did do today is rent the movie on some streaming service. I think it was Amazon. And I just uh, scanned. I thought you are
1: going to say easy video. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. Well, that's, that's a renting red legend at easy video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, so I rented the movie and I just watched all of the parts with darkness. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming those are also the best parts of the movie.
1: I think they're some of the best parts. Yes. So, yeah, for those
2: who have never seen this character, oh my God, it is Tim Curry in this insane costume with this pure red skin and these giant horns. I don't care if the thing was made of styrofoam.
1: That suit had to weigh at least 200 pounds. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and the makeup job and everything and the effects on him yeah, was yeah so so good. Yeah, but I love the
2: fact that despite the intensity of the costume, you know, the, the horns, the, the
1: skin paint, the contact lenses, it's still obviously Tim Curry. Yeah, and they even modulated his voice down a little bit, so it was kind of even hard. Like, if you didn't know it was Tim Curry, like, you may not have realized it.
2: I don't know, man. It's like, he's still doing, like, the sexually charged dramatic curry shtick. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's true. I just love that he was basically like the embodiment of the devil. Whenever someone said devil, I would always think this is the devil. Right.
2: Same, to, same with me. Cause while I had not seen the movie, I guess technically still haven't. I obviously knew of darkness, mm-hmm. most classic devil in terms of
1: appearance that I could name. Thing is, he's like barely in the film when you really think about it. Like you go so much in the movie, and you just want to watch the scenes with Darkness. Yeah, I think it was like, probably like fifteen minutes total. Yeah, and like even in the beginning, he he has a whole kind of little monologue. You don't even see him; you just see like his finger. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm gonna lean on you here. Um, yeah,
2: Darkness. He's he wants to get married or something. <laughs>
1: Oh, you want me to describe
2: the plot? Uh, yeah, one sentence summary will suffice. <laughs> you did put
1: me on the spot then. <laughs> but I'll give it to you. So, Tom Cruise has to stop darkness from destroying daylight. And then, uh, from what I saw, Tom Cruise kills
2: him with a unicorn horn or something
1: Mm-hmm. yeah unicorn horn yeah because there's gonna be eternal night if tom cruise doesn't save the day gotcha so i appreciate the assist there it's a magical fantasy for children and adults alike
2: right but really this, <laughs> <laughs> this entry is less about legend as a movie and more just here for appreciation of Tim Curry dressing like Motaro. Like, he is just the
1: coolest guy. He will do any role. Chiseled jawline, rugged good looks, and a physique that clearly indicates that he's on Ico Pro. <laughs> the darkness is <laughs> jacked. He is. He my is.
2: god. It's he's like, so- that's what I'm saying. This like character is so sexually charged. Like, my god. This devil
1: is just strutting around. But see, like, you know, when you're watching the movie and you see him in, like, his lair with his throne and all that, they don't show you behind that, off to the right. He has, like, a whole Gold's Gym in the lair.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) The dreams of youth are the regrets of maturity. Dreams are my speciality through dreams I influence mankind My dream is of eternity with you I offer you this rose, princess My heart, my soul, my love Love?
1: So our red show has gone down in history, Matt. It's nice to name some red things here tonight with you, Jay. I didn't even know there was this many cool red things.
2: You know, the worst part is, I'm sure for each of us, there was one real obvious one that we're forgetting. And we're going to be so annoyed when people point it out. Yeah, it's going to
1: be like super obvious.
2: Matt, how could you forget the thing that you've been spending literally 20 years talking about every single day? I'm like, oh,
1: fuck
0: you! <laughs>
1: Jay, how come you didn't bring up Little Red Corvette by Prince? <laughs> <laughs> Good show, but no Little Red Corvette? Yeah, what are you, what are you guys, crazy? <laughs> Three stars. You lack all credibility now.
2: <laughs> but no, uh, I like our list tonight. I have to admit, though, that I like your list better than my list. Oh, yeah? Yep, I do. I think you had a really strong list tonight. All right. You brought to the table big red gum and its amazing commercial jingle.
0: Yeah. Mumra!
2: The wedding scene from Beetlejuice with Lydia's red wedding dress. Yes. The blood around the elevators from The Shining. The River of Blood. The River of Blood in Gossima. Yes. Boy boy, 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 boy. boy. Man. I mean, it's down to Mumra or the Big Red theme song. Really? Yeah. And I'm going to give it to Big Red. Wow. Yep. I mean, I, it's I, the,
1: it's one of the greatest commercial jingles of all time. And there's so many different commercials like you would think they're all the same because they have the same song right but there's like 12 different commercials that have that
2: and they're all the same gimmick no matter who's in it or what they're doing it's all just about like just people frenching out in public you can't break them apart
1: the gum is too fresh
0: <laughs> it's
2: <fucking> uh,
1: <laughs> all right so your list is quite a list as always We've got Clawful from Masters of the Universe. A.K.A. Two Claws. And then we got uh, Red Candy, which is includes various candies that we mentioned. Yeah. We've got uh, Red Lobster, mm. the glorious restaurant.
2: For the seafood lover in you.
1: <laughs> and that's where you would color on the placemats. A real esoteric entry. And Darkness from Legends yes
2: and the emperor's royal guard don't forget him
1: and the emperor's royal guard yeah so i love the emperor's royal guard Mm -hmm. i really do
2: that's a tough one to turn down for you
1: i think emperor's royal guard and darkness darkness would be my picks at this point and um it would be kind of like impossible To not go with darkness here. He wins by a huge margin.
2: Yeah, he is such a classically red thing. Like, I think both of our minds immediately jumped to him as soon as we decided that we were going to do this show.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I had him on mine, and it was actually between him and Mumra, but I went with Mumra, and, and really, when you think about it, like Mumra is only red when he's the old frail mummy when he has the ravishing Rick robe on. <laughs> right right right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. want to bring that up but I agree. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing red about him when he becomes No, his I mean he's still predominant. Monster. I mean when
2: he's a old man mummy, he's basically all red, so he's good to go. Yeah, and the eyes too,
1: like the action figure. <gasps> oh my had, god, like, those, those sparking eyes.
2: sunlight yeah. eyes, right? That oh, was so cool.
1: Yeah. So, so that's uh, listen
2: to this picture this image with our champs tonight. You got darkness mm-hmm. opening a pack of big red to chew a piece.
1: <laughs> gonna stick him in one of those commercials. Well, yeah, because he's trying to impress Mia Sarah because yeah. he he wants her to be like his wife. And he might his his breath is kicking. It's <sighs> gotta be kicking. I, I
2: yeah, mean I mean easy. even the food that they show him eating in that movie is like, it's like a table full of like rotted
1: fucking dates. Yeah, he's, he. you know, his brother is just stank. It's kicking, oh, as the kids yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, if only there was a big red commercial with Darkness and Mia Sara. We
2: have to edit one together. Oh. Or maybe it just, we'll just stick the theme over the uh, the demonic wedding scene from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, so this has been our red show.
2: Yep, our red show.
1: Yeah, thanks for joining us. Had a good time. Yeah, me too. And as always, you can check us out on our Patreon page, which is... Patreon.com slash Purple Stuff. Yeah, if you want to support the show, we have an exclusive Purple Stuff podcast for you on that site. Yes, once a month, our exclusive bonus show is only on Patreon. Yes. So this has been the Purple Stuff podcast. I'm Jay from the Sexy Armpit. And I am Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next time.
0: I guess I should know by the way you popped your car sideways at a wooden blast. You're the other kind of person that believes in making out once, love them and leave them fast. I guess I must be done. Shed a pocket of horses, children. Thank you for listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast.